There's one of those sort of legendary stories about the new pastor who comes to the church and he preaches his first sermon. And it's an amazing sermon. It's really well done. It's great. And the people are like, man, we, we definitely chose the right pastor for our church. We're so excited about this. A week goes by. And the next week, pastor comes. It's time for the sermon. And the sermon is amazing. It's awesome. It's the same sermon. And the people begin to scratch their heads. Well, maybe, maybe he's trying to make a little point or something. Like, yeah, okay, we're, you know, this goes on for another week. And the next week they come and it's the same sermon. So finally, the elders are talking about themselves and they finally, you know, they pull straws and the guy who gets the shortest straw has to go talk to the pastor. And he comes up and he says, Pastor, you know, your sermons are really great. But you preach the same sermon three weeks in a row. And he says... Well, that's simple. As soon as you start doing what I'm preaching, I'll stop preaching the same sermon. Woo! I thought about that when Stephanie was preaching to us about the sequence. I said to Jennifer as she was wrapping up, I said, I just don't even need to preach now. She did such a good job sort of talking about this transfer of the word through God, through God's word, Jesus, to the disciples and then the disciples out into the world and down to now. It's really an awesome kind of thing. And yet there's a lot in here that talks about that because so much of this is about John makes the point over and over and over again that Jesus is doing the Father's will, that Jesus and the Father are one. If you want to look to the scripture to find out where where our Trinitarian understandings of God come from, it's a lot in John because he talks about the Father, the Son, and the Spirit being one together, and you don't find one without the other. Jesus talks about all the time, I did this because of you. They hear my words and they know that they're your words. Over and over and over again, we see this kind of thing. And so now here he is. He's come to do his work in the world Jesus has. And now he knows it's time for him to depart. And so this farewell discourse then is him, him sort of offloading. But even though this prayer is more about giving thanks to God for the spirit in him that he's been able to, to have these disciples, to teach them and that they have believed him now that they know everything that you've given to me and it's from you for the words that you gave to me, I gave to them, they received them and they know in truth that I came from you, they believe that you sent me. What's interesting here is he says, I'm asking on their behalf, I'm not asking on behalf of the world. Later on in his prayer he says, I'm praying for those, I'm praying for those who the disciples will touch. So not only is he praying for those disciples that were right there, he's praying for us later on in this prayer. So it's not just that he says, oh, well, the disciples, this is my A-team, this is all I got, hopefully they do a good job. And he's also not saying, I don't give a rip about the world. I mean, that's an interesting thing about this passage is, I don't know if you, do you remember there was a store here in Richmond, and I think it was a nationwide store, and, and you'd see a lot, especially in Christian Richmond, like, you would see a lot of these stickers, not of this world. 
Do you ever remember those? The store's been gone for a little while, but had a funky, like a cross and a crown and whatever. I don't even know what it was on there, but this store was here. And there's this impetus in Christianity that really comes out of the impetus of our human nature to want to be not of the world. I mean, I'm thinking right now, a lot of us are ready for vacation. We're ready to get away from our houses. We're ready to get away to something else. We're ready to just not have to think about the things we've been thinking about. And I mean, I know for so many of us, I mean, Airbnb is super happy right now, I'm sure, right? Because you can't find a place hardly to go like Airbnb right now in the country. I mean, if you want to rent a car to take a little trip, like it's two or three times the price that it was just a few months ago in order to get away because people are getting away. Because we have this desire when things are hard, when things are difficult to get away from our circumstances because we think that that's going to help us. And I'm a complete advocate for getting away. I mean, Jesus did too, right? He got away from the people. He got away. He prayed. He communed with God. He would often be moving away from the people who were chasing him. He didn't just stay engaged all the time. So I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about this impetus that we then in the spiritual life would say, well, we're removed from the things of this world. Within the spiritual life, within the history of of all spiritual movements, there is a movement away from that. We lift up monks and nuns who've gone to be in the desert by themselves. and, And they produce great writings and great prayers But in some ways, I wonder, is that really faithful to what our God, the Holy Father, would have us be and do? He says, I'm asking on their behalf. I'm not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those who you gave me. I'm no longer in the world. I'm coming to you. Protect them in your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. What Jesus is acknowledging here is that their job is not easy. It is not going to be an easy road to travel. He knows that he's traveling the way of the cross and he has invited them on the way of the cross. And many of them, including Peter, sort of the first among the disciples, will be ridiculed, will be persecuted, and in Peter's case, will be crucified upside down. It is not an easy road to follow, and so he prays we protect them, keep them from the evil one. He says, while I was with them, I protected them in your name, I guarded them, but now that I'm coming to you, I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. It's so interesting, this comes up over and over in this farewell discord that Jesus wants his disciples, but then by extension, I think us, to have joy in the serving and the giving of ourselves. Joy in the practice of our faith. Last week, I talked about the Westminster Confession. What's that first question? What is the chief end of humankind? To glorify God and enjoy God forever. Enjoy God. But that enjoyment doesn't come from separating ourselves from the world. Remember, what does it say in John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Not so that the world might be condemned, but that it might be saved. This impetus to go away from the world, to be not of this world 
is the wrong movement for us as Christians. So many times over time, with Christians have withdrawn and said, well, we're going to form these perfect communities. We're going to try and do and be things this way. And we're only going to speak out against these things. We're not going to necessarily give of ourselves into trying to be part of the world in order to bring God's word into the world in a very particular way. Presbyterians would say, we know that God's word is already at work in the world. And our job is to be part of that work that God's spirit is already doing in the world. We are the ones who are supposed to have our antennas tuned to what God is already doing in the world, what God is stirring up through his spirit, and to partner with what God is doing. I've given them your word, and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. What he's talking about here when he says about this way and using the world, in my mind, and as I've studied the word, is more about the principalities and the powers that are often talked about in Scripture. The principalities and the powers the oppressive structures that we create in the world is what I think Jesus is talking about here when he says they don't belong to the world. We don't belong to those powers. But it's very tempting for us to just let those powers and principalities continue to run and to rule as they may because it benefits us in some way, shape, or form. Because it's more comfortable, because it allows us to escape from having to deal with these things that are right in front of us, these things that God would say are not right, that are wrong. The ways that people are treated. The ways that we create these systems and these oppressions to keep people in the place that we think they ought to be in or that it just has been that way for all of time. I am not asking you to take them out of the world. But I just want you to protect them. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And so we are called not away from the world. Not away from the powers and principalities and these systems of oppression. We're not called to to just step away from them and say, well, that's wrong and we're not going to really engage in that. We are called to step into the world and to seek God's truth in the world to call out where it is that it doesn't line up with God's justice and God's grace and God's truth. And that is hard work. And to do that work, we are going to need to step away at times, to be refreshed by the Word of God through prayer, through worship, through study, through fellowship, through all of those things in order to have this dynamism of activism and backing off and activism. Because if we are only out there beating the drum, it can take its toll on us as well. You hear people all the time who just... They've just been out there and they've been pushing for change and pushing for change and pushing for change and it finally breaks them. And sometimes I wonder, for some of them, they they haven't found the source of life and light that also says, take my yoke upon you and be refreshed. My burden is not heavy, it is light. And so it's this interesting and hard walk this way of the cross. 
because we are called to this activism, to this way in the world that calls out the principalities and the powers, these systems of oppression. And we are also called to always be nourished at the source, to seek God's truth, not just for ourselves, but in community. And we have been given this word not just for ourselves, but we have been given this word on their behalf. So may we be that next strong link in the sequence of God. Amen.